0: This is a paid program, and the views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Castle & Cook Mortgage or 1690 AM. Castle & Cook Mortgage, LLC, NMLS ID number 1251. Joe Massey, NMLS ID number 7538. Catherine Gutierrez, NMLS ID number 1570680. Equal housing lender regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any time. Not all who apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. You have tuned in with Joe Massey and Catherine Gutierrez on the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on 1690 AM, the show that discusses up-to-date mortgage and real estate topics and trends that will educate you on the purchase or refinance of your next home. Have a question? Call Castle & Cook Mortgage at 303-809-7769. This is the Mile High
1: Mortgage and Real Estate Report with Joe Massey and Catherine Gutierrez. Good morning, Denver, and welcome to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report, brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage, providing nationwide, world-class customer service right here in the Mile High City. I'm Joe Massey, along with my co-host, Catherine Gutierrez, providing you with more than 20 years combined experience in mortgage lending. We are here to share inside knowledge and experience of the home buying and refinance process. And we have a terrific guest in the studio this morning, Kristen Richardson's with Castle & Cook Mortgage. She's one of our new loan officers here with us. Catherine, good morning. It's great to see you.
2: It's always good to be here. every Saturday morning with you.
1: I know. I'm excited that you're my new co-host. We've got you added to the intro to the show. I'm very excited that we're going to be having you here for the next year.
2: Always going to be good.
1: So tell our listeners a little bit about what we've got on tap for the show today.
2: Yeah. So today we're going to discuss kind of the myths and mysteries about lending, kind of what people think they know about lending and the reality and the facts of how Castle & Cook Mortgage can help you reach your real estate goals.
1: That's fantastic. And we've got Kristen Richardson. Kristen, good morning.
3: Good morning, Joe.
1: I'm excited you're here. Are you excited to be on the show with us?
3: I'm very excited.
1: Fantastic. And Catherine, tell us about, we've got a couple of open houses and an event of the weekend.
2: Yeah, we have two open houses I'm going to share with you guys at the end of the show. And then, of course, what's going on this weekend in Colorado. You're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690 KDMT brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage. For questions, please call 303- 809 7769.
1: Fantastic. Well, listeners out there, we're really excited about the show today. We get a lot of questions, a lot of people calling us, emailing us, and there's a lot of misinformation out there about lending. So, one of the things that we wanted to do is take some of those questions that we're getting because if we're getting these in email, we know that probably 10 other people listening to the show have the same question. So, we want to go through a lot of the frequently asked questions talk about what we know about lending, how we can help you. Um, and some of these questions might apply to you, some of them not, but hopefully this will give you some more information. And a little bit of background of myself and Castle & Cook Mortgage. I've been in the lending industry since 2002. And Castle & Cook Mortgage, we were originally founded actually in 1851 and opened our mortgage division back in 2004. We've, we're a direct lender. Uh, we are not a broker, so we're not sending out loans to any third parties. We do everything in-house, processing, underwriting, funding. Uh, it's all handled in our office right off of I-25 in Yale. So Catherine, let's dive into some of these questions. What's the first one that you have there?
2: Yeah, really good question. I get all the time as I take um, the first initial calls as they come in. Um, What's the difference between a pre-qualification letter and a pre-approval? People seem to get those they're the same thing or they just don't know the difference?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So these are two totally different things. So pre-qualification is based on your verbal information. So let's just say you wanted to get started looking at properties. You give me a call and say, Hey Joe, I want to get pre-qualified to go look at a new loan or no, go look at a new property. Great. We're going to ask you some personal questions. Where do you live? Where do you work? How much money do you make? Uh, What's your social security number and date of birth? So that we can take a look at your credit. And we can get you pre-qualified right there on the phone. takes maybe 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. And it's based on all of that verbal information. So you've told us verbally how much money you make. We've looked at your credit report. You've told us verbally how much you have in the bank for your down payment. And then we can give you that pre-qualification. Then the next step, I'm going to ask you, hey, we're going to actually need this written information that you told us that you make, uh, let's say, $50,000 a year. I'm going to need your paycheck stubs and tax returns and W-2s in order to confirm that. Once we get that information over, we're able to go through a full underwrite. We're also, of course, going to need your bank statements and any other supporting documents, but then we're going to completely underwrite your loan. So what we do is we underwrite it without the property address, but you as the individual, can you be approved for this new loan of two hundred and fifty dollars or three hundred dollars or $400,000, whatever your price range might be. Then we can provide you with a pre-approval letter. So it's one step up, really confirming that you've provided us all that written information, and we know that you're going to be approved for that loan. Then from there, you go out and look at properties, and you know that you can qualify up to X dollars. And then the only thing we need once you find a property is for you to get under contract for an appraisal and a title commitment confirming there's no other liens or judgments on the property.
2: Perfect. And usually that takes, I mean, as long, as quickly as what the client needs to happen. So we could move as quickly as eight days. Um, Our average is, I believe, 19 days as of 2018. So
1: that's exactly right. Yeah. From when you go under contract to when we close, our average is 19 days from beginning to end. We also offer an eight day closing guarantee. So if you need to close quickly, two weeks or less, we offer that service. And the pre-qualification takes about 15 to 30 minutes and the pre-approval can be done in about an hour. So it just depends on how quickly you can get us your documents. If you call and you have all of your documents put together, uh, then we can close very, very quickly. So a question that I have for you, Catherine, what are the documents that a client might need?
2: Um, yeah, so we have um, k- kind of the basic um, documentation re-request. But again, if you send those over um, pretty quickly, we could get you a pre-approval pretty quickly. So we just need um, the 30-day uh, most recent pay stubs two years of the most recent tax returns and W-2s, two months of the most recent bank statements, um, most recent 401ks, IRAs, any of those asset accounts statements also. Um, If you are um, refinancing, we just need um, your homeowner's insurance, making sure you're paying your mortgage um, on time and no late payments, so that's a mortgage statement. Of course, information for for your real estate agent, just so we could stay in communication with them throughout the process, so everyone's on the same page. Um, Some of our clients and buyers um, have the social security, pension, disability income, so we just need documentation um, stating those numbers. Um, Copy of the contract and the earnest money, once you get under contract, you'll um, have those documents. And then a divorce degree, if that's applicable for you. And then um, a bankruptcy um, discharge, if you've been through that process. And of course, your ID or social security card, just to verify you are who you say you are.
1: Perfect. Now, how can the client get those documents over to us?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So pretty much any way. um, But of course, we have a secure link we do send over that we recommend since it is sensitive information you're sending over. Also, you know, fax, um, regular email, drop them off. Um, Any which way, um, we'll definitely sit there and make copies of the documents too if you don't have a copier. So any which way, we'll definitely accept
3: your documents.
1: Fantastic. Now, Kristen, I think you've got our next question that uh, we had emailed in. What do you have there?
3: So they wanted to have their credit pulled, but they were concerned that it was going to bring their score down.
1: Sure, that's a great question. Um, so if you apply for a new loan, your lender, Castle and Cook Mortgage, or whoever you might be working with, we're going to need to pull your credit. And the reality is, your score may go down, but it might go down by one or two or three points. Um, I've also seen it where it could go up. I've also seen it where it stays the exact same. Um, it's important to understand that credit is a snapshot in time. And if somebody pulls your credit yesterday, and then I pull your credit today things might have changed. right? Maybe you've made a payment overnight. Maybe you used your credit card overnight. There's a lot of different variables that go into your credit. Um, And it is true. Your score could go down just a little bit. But what I tell everybody, if the difference of one to three points in your credit score is the difference between being approved or not being approved then we definitely need to look at your credit because there might be other issues that we need to work on in order to get you to the level that is really going to make sense for you and your family to truly be buying a home. So listeners out there, don't worry too much about that. Yes, it's going to impact your credit, but don't stress over it because you want to make sure you've got the, the lender has the full picture and can tell you exactly what uh, what you're going to qualify for.
2: Awesome. And then I have another question similar to a credit. Um, a lot of people think they need like a 740, 800 to like even qualify for a home. Is that um, true, accurate?
1: So really good question. No. Um, 740 and above credit score is really what we consider to be A plus. So that's going to be really fantastic credit. You're going to qualify for the lowest rates, um, you know, best possible terms, but it's not required will actually help people all the way down to a 580 credit score. We can do that on VA or FHA financing. Um, If you're looking to do a conventional loan, we can help you all the way down to a 620 credit score. So don't let credit be a concern, because one of the things too, if we go through your credit and you don't meet those minimums right now, we're going to lay out a plan for what you can do to improve your credit. And Catherine, I know you and I have a lot of these conversations where we talk with people about, hey, you've got to pay off some debts, we've got to pay off some collections. Um, And if you follow that plan, you'll see your credit improve uh, over a period of time. Would you you agree with that?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if we can't help you today, no worries. I mean, it doesn't, not exactly what you want to hear at the moment, but we want to talk you through what the process is like to help you in three months, six months. We want to make sure you have the right tools to move forward and get in that home that you want to move into.
1: Yep, I think you're exactly right. So Kristen, what's the next question we have there?
3: So speaking of credit, some people think that if they have great credit, they're automatically approved for the loan.
1: Right. And, and I hear that a lot. And unfortunately, there's a lot more factors that go into a loan approval. Your credit is only one of the factors that we look at. We're also going to look at um, what's on your credit, right? Maybe you have a great credit score, but maybe you have a lot of debt out there. Or maybe you don't have a lot of income, or maybe you don't have a lot of assets. That's okay. We have down payment assistance programs. We have programs that can help folks that don't make as much money. Um, But credit is just one piece. So you might have an 800 credit score, but if you don't have any income and you're not able to make the payments, I still can't get you approved, right? But maybe you have a great credit score, but you don't have a down payment. That's okay. We need to look at down payment assistance. So, just because you have great credit does not necessarily mean you're automatically going to be approved. It certainly helps, but there's a lot of other factors that go into it as well.
2: Awesome. And then just one more question about credit. Some people who like, they they just know in their heart they have bad credit. Um, so I'll just have my mom or my sister co-sign for me and it'll make everything better.
1: Yeah, that's a big one that I hear. And unfortunately, co-signers don't really impact the credit of the individual that's actually borrowing uh, the loan. So co-signers can help you with your assets or your income to help you get approved. But we do have to look at the credit of everybody that's on the loan. And if the main person has poor credit, um, that other person's great credit doesn't really help. Um, We have to take everybody's credit into account. uh, And that can be a little bit tricky. So having a co-signer is great. will absolutely make an improvement. um, But we do have to look at all of those factors in order to figure out which would be the best route.
2: You're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM1690. KDMT, brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage. For questions, please call 303-809-7769.
1: All right. So next one, Catherine, I want to throw this question out to you. Um, a lot of people think that they need 20% down in order to buy a property. Um, if I want to buy uh, any property, whether it's an investment property or a primary residence do I have to have a minimum of 20% down? Let's say I just want to buy a regular primary residence. Do you have options that I could put less than 20% down?
2: Absolutely. We do have a handful of programs, again, as a direct lender. So we might have a few more than the banks. Mm-hmm. Um, you could put down as as little as $1,000, 3.5%, 15%, 20%, 25%, whatever you're comfortable with. That's why we like to sit down with you, go through your scenario, what are your goals, and we'll present you with a handful of loan programs and numbers and see what best works for you. You, and then you make the decision of how much you want to put down a little, a more, whatever is best for you.
1: Yeah, you're exactly right. We have a lot of different options. Um, and one of the most common things that I hear about millennials, younger people, they're not buying homes right now because they think, well, it's going to take me three years, five years, 10 years to save up 20% down. You don't have to have 20% down. In fact, Kristen, you bought a home pre, uh, recently and you didn't have 20% down, I believe, right?
3: We paid a $1,000 in earnest money mm-hmm. and that was it to get us in our home.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, super, super great success story right there. Um, you don't have to have 20% down. Don't let that be a reason to not reach out to us or reach out to a lender of your choice because we're here to help you. We're here to walk you through all of it. Now, maybe you want to buy an investment property. Well, you don't have to have 20% down for that either, but you might need 15%. All right. Maybe you can't do down payment assistance for something like that. But again, that's the reason we're here at Castle & Cook Mortgage is so that we can go over all these options, figure out what's going to be best for you and your family. Uh, What's the next question that we have here, Catherine?
2: Yeah. So a lot of investors kind of always have maybe stopping point. Oh, I can't get more than four properties because that's what I Googled and that's what it said. Yeah. Um, what's the true <clears throat> facts about how many properties um, we could help them invest in?
1: Yeah, so one of the options that we offer is for conventional financing for investors, we can help you finance up to 10 finance properties so that's generally your primary residence where you live, plus nine investments. Um, A lot of lenders will stop at four. They'll help you with your primary residence plus three additional properties. And we've just got some additional flexibility here at Castle & Cook Mortgage. As I mentioned, we're not a broker. We're not farming anything out to a third party. Because we are a direct lender, we have some of the... Uh, least restrictive and least stringent guidelines um, of any lender out there. And one of those good things, the niche that we fill, we'll help you finance up to 10 of those single family rental properties. can be a great way to build long-term wealth. Kristen, what's our next question?
3: So speaking of investors, a lot assume they can't take cash out of those rentals because they have more than four properties.
1: That's exactly right. I talk with a lot of investors. They have a lot of equity tied up in their home and they say, boy, Joe, I would love to buy more rentals, but I can't take any cash out. Well... If you contact some banks and some lenders, that's true. They do have their own restrictions, their guidelines that they're not going to let you take cash out if you have more than four properties. Um, again, that's a niche that we have. We'll help you take cash out of up to those full 10 properties, your primary residence plus those nine investment properties. Um, that's a great option where we'll see somebody take cash out of you know property number six, then use that cash to buy property number seven, then wait a little while, take cash out of property number seven, and then use that to buy property number eight. Can be a great option to really snowball your your equity and your net worth um, and get it bigger and bigger. It's always easier to buy the next property once you already have one or two or three.
2: Awesome, and I have another question for you um, as a self like as an example um, as a self employed um, person like not the regular nine to five W two employee. Um, it's impossible to get a loan because self employment is just so um, difficult in tax returns.
1: Yeah, that's a great question that we get a lot. And I got to tell you, it could not be further from the truth. I hear people call me all the time, Joe, I'm self-employed, so I can't get a new loan. That's not correct. If you're self-employed and you don't claim any income, then that's going to be tricky. But if you're self-employed and you claim your income and your tax returns, we will absolutely be able to get you a new loan. In fact, about 30% of our clients are self-employed. It's one of the niches that we fill is many banks and many lenders, um, they might work with self-employed buyers, but it's not something they do every day. And as I mentioned about investment properties, self-employed clients is someone that we work a lot with. Um, in my background, I had a couple of years of doing financial analysis on commercial financing. So it's something that we're really familiar with. Tax return review is something we're really familiar with. And a lot of our clientele maybe have been turned down or turned away from another bank or another lending institution. They come over to us and say, hey, Joe, we heard you can help with self-employed income. Uh, can we look at this? Yeah, Yes, absolutely. So self-employed folks out there, if you've been struggling getting a loan, we definitely want to talk to you.
3: So, Joe, do you have to have a job to get a new loan?
1: No, you don't. Now, you have to have some source of income. So, for example, if I'm self-employed, I technically don't have a job. Maybe I own my own company, right? Um, That's okay. We work with self-employed income. Um, Another one I hear is folks that are retired. Hey, John, retired. I'm on a fixed income. I want to buy a house or maybe I want to downsize and and sell my two-story and downsize to a ranch, but I can't get qualified because I don't have uh, a regular nine-to-five job. Well, again, nothing could be further from the truth. We're happy to work with retirement income, Social Security, pension. Uh, Maybe you receive income from dividends. That's great. We enjoy working with folks like that. The most important thing is that we can verify it. That's why we're going to ask for those tax returns or maybe the Social Security awards letter or the pension income verification. We just need to verify that money's coming in and it's going to continue to come in. We can also work with folks that receive rental income. If you have two, three, five, ten 10 rental properties, um, we're happy to go through those tax returns and use that income to help you qualify. Also alimony and child support. Um, this can be uncomfortable for some people, but it is a source of income that we can use. If you're going to have alimony for a period of time or child support uh, until your child reaches 18 or 20 or 21 and that's going to be continuing for a long period of time, we can use that as a source of income. Another important one is disability. Um, disability income is something that we can verify. Uh, we verify that through the social security office, or maybe if you have private disability from an insurance company, again, that's something that we can work with. The most important thing is we're not going to turn anybody away based on the type of income you have. We're going to look at it with you, try and verify it, and then we can figure out a plan that's going to work for you. So Catherine, what's our, uh, our next question we have there?
2: Yeah, it kind of touches on what you just um, spoke about. If all my income, if I'm if I'm a successful successful um, investor and I just have properties um, up the Wahoo and all my income is coming from my rental properties. So how do I qualify for a new loan if I don't have a job technically and I'm not, well, I'm not really self-employed. I just live off my rentals.
1: Yeah, that's great. And that's going to be exactly what we just spoke about. We're going to look at the tax returns. Um, We're going to look at how much money is coming in on all of those properties how much money is going back out the door and then work together to figure out how much you're making on a monthly yearly basis and then we can certainly help you with that in fact i have some clients right now that are buying a new home and they're they're a true success story in real estate they own 8 rental properties neither one of them works. um, Well, I guess they maintain their rental properties, which is a full-time job, but neither one of them has a job or any sort of self-employment. They maintain their rental properties and they make a very large income from those rentals. And we're happy to use that new income to help them qualify for the next property that they want to buy.
2: You're listening to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690 KDMT, brought to you by Castle & Cook Mortgage. For questions, please call 303- 809-7769. 809-7769.
1: Fantastic. So another question that we get often are bank statements. Um, Catherine, we always request two months of bank statements from folks. Can you give us a little bit of background about why we always need to see the bank statements for people's down payment?
2: Absolutely. We do get that question pretty often. And we just want to verify, you know, you're not smuggling money from Mexico, <laughs> you know, um, you're getting paid at a certain amount or you mean, a lot of waitresses, you know, they're putting in their cash tips. We just want to verify where your money's coming from. So if you do submit that earnest money check, again, we could verify that it's clean, um, authorized money again, that you're not a drug lord pretty much.
1: <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, we do have to verify where those funds are coming from. It's got to be a legitimate source, right? It's got to be your self-employment income or your nine to five job, or maybe you've even saved it up. That's okay. We're happy. If you've got a bank statement and you've been putting away your cash tips and you saved up 10, 20, $30,000 to use as your down payment. Absolutely. We want to use that. We want to give you credit for it, but we just have to have the bank statements in order to use it. Now, one of the things that can trip people up are going to be large deposits. Um, If I make, let's just say $5,000 a month is my income, and all of a sudden I have a $10,000 deposit into my bank account, we're going to ask some questions about that, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. We're going to ask for a letter of explanation. Just, you know, again, verify where it came from. Gift fund, you sold a car, whatever it might be, we just need to verify it.
1: That's exactly right. We've got to see where those funds came from. You know, make sure it's a legitimate source. We're happy to for you to use that for your down payment, but we just have to see it. You know, and that's one of the regulations that came out of the 2008 mortgage meltdown. Is you know, a lot of people back then were using funds from various sources, and then over time, those loans became a problem, and they led to a lot of foreclosures. So one of the things that came out of that crisis is we just have to do a little bit more paperwork verify a little bit more about your funds, where the money came from. Uh, and as long as we work together on it, it's really a pretty easy process. Now, we mentioned earlier time timeframe. Um, one of the big things that is going to eat up some of your time under the transaction is going to be the appraisal. Um, so when you get under contract, we're going to have you come in and sit down with us, and then we're going to order the appraisal. Now, Catherine, you see these a lot. About how long does it take to get an appraisal from the day we order it?
2: Um, just a few days. Yeah. May, maybe six, depending on, you know, if you live in the middle of nowhere in the mountains. I mean, that's that's, right. that's going to be a little bit more um, sparse when it comes to finding someone who will go up there and who is um, authorized to do that. But I mean... Pretty, pretty quickly, honestly, right now.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take that long, but it is an important step. And so a lot of times folks will say, oh, well, I've got 30 days before I have to close, so I'm gonna wait a week or two before I get started. No, you wanna start right away. If you're under contract, you wanna come in, sit down with us, let's pick out your loan program, let's get your interest rate locked, let's get that appraisal ordered, because you never know when something's gonna come up that might delay. So you really wanna get started on that right away. So Catherine, I think we have a couple of open houses of the week. Um, why don't you tell us about that?
2: Absolutely. Yep. We do have um, a couple great open houses going on right now. Um, so the first one here is brought to us by Alex Saldana with Castle. And I, I apologize with your Castle <laughs> yep. real estate. His number is 303. Um, I apologize. Five two two. Five two 522-4804. He has two duplexes or... Two sides of a duplex, they're going to be sold separate, so the two properties. Um, it's thir- 2347 and 2349 Downing Street, so just right off of Downing in Denver. Um, there is one three-bedroom, one-bath, 937 square feet, and that one's for 450000 And then the other one is a two-bedroom, one-bath. 867 square feet and that one's going for 425,000 and the great thing about this um, property that they they don't have an HOA so it's literally do your own thing beautiful duplex and the open house is going on right now till two and um, Alex is providing a uh, a food food truck it's tacos so anyone who comes in signs in um, drops in they get a free ticket for a free taco
1: that's where I'm going to be immediately after this show. All right. You, you are speaking my language. I love it. Hey, our next open house of the weekend is brought to us by John Dovenbarger with Berkshire Hathaway Innovative Real Estate Solutions. You can reach John at 303-591-8771. Address for this property, 5011 South Auckland Court in Aurora. Um, it is list, listed for 500000 even. It's a 3,600-square-foot home. It's 1,800-foot ranch with an 1,800-foot a fully finished basement, three bed, three bath. Um, it's in a gated community. It is steps away from the Cherry Creek State Park, walking distance to the Cherry Creek Reservoir, two car garage. Uh, HOA maintains the exterior of the building. They do all the snow removal, all the landscape maintenance, really, really a beautiful property right off of Parker Road in Bellevue. would encourage anybody who's interested in uh, hassle-free living to make sure you stop by there. It's being held open today from 11 o'clock this morning. So it's opened up about 20, 30 minutes ago uh, from 11 until Till one this afternoon. Again, you can reach John Dovenbarger at 303 591 8771. And I think we've got a great event of the weekend going on today, right?
2: Yes, absolutely. It's the first Saturday free event at the Denver Art Museum. So maybe a little busy, but um, something to do with the kiddos. It's from 10 to 5. Um, a lot of um, stories they could listen to in the little powwow, um, handcrafted activities, and they could take home the activities they create. So a really good time um, it's at, at the Denver Art Museum, first free Saturday of the month from 10 to 5.
1: Hey, that's my kind of event. You know why? It's free. It's free. That's right. Hey, folks out there, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Kristen, great to have you on the show.
3: Thanks for having me, Joe.
1: Folks, if you have any questions about buying a home or refinancing your current mortgage, please feel free to call us anytime here at Castle and Cook Mortgage. Our direct phone number is 303-809-7769. And we would look forward to speaking with you, answering any questions, concerns that you have about various myths on lending, and uh, get you straightened out and tell you the facts on what we can do and how we can help you. Thank you again for tuning in to the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on AM 1690. Again with your host, Joe Massey and Catherine Gutierrez. Have a great weekend. Look forward to seeing you at those open houses and we'll see you next Saturday at 11 a.m. This is a paid program and the views and opinions expressed
0: in this show are those of the hosts and their guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Castle & Cook Mortgage or 1690 AM. Castle & Cook Mortgage LLC, NMLS ID number 1251. Joe Massey, NMLS ID number 7538. Catherine Gutierrez, NMLS ID number 1570680. Equal housing lender regulated by the Division of Real Estate. Call for additional cost information. Program qualifications and offerings are subject to change at any Time. Not all who apply will qualify. Other restrictions may apply. You have tuned in with Joe Massey and Catherine Gutierrez on the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report on 1690 AM. The show that discusses up-to-date mortgage and real estate topics and trends that will educate you on the purchase or refinance of your next home. Have a question? Call Castle and Cook Mortgage at 303-809-7769. This is the Mile High Mortgage and Real Estate Report with Joe Massey and Catherine Gutierrez.